Hi, ladies. Welcome to Breakout Women's Bible Study. I am Janice Moise. Thank you so much for joining me. My goal is to help you fall in love with the Word of God. I love my Bible, and I look forward to reading it each and every day. Have you ever asked yourself, is this God speaking to me, or is this just my own thoughts? The Word of God is the only thing that can divide between your spirit, your soul, and your flesh. On this podcast, we go through the Bible one chapter at a time. Today we are studying the fifth chapter of John. Please follow along as we read the chapter out loud. Now, if you do not have a Bible near you, you can still follow along by downloading the Bible app. Once we are done reading the chapter out loud, we'll pick out a few scriptures for our devotional time. Ladies, get your cup of coffee or tea and let's get into the Word of God. And we will start with John chapter 5, verse 1. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. Now there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, The man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, The Jews persecuted him. Jesus said to them, My father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason, the Jews tried all the harder to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Jesus gave them this answer. I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing. Jesus gave them this answer. I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, to your amazement, he will show him even greater things than these. For just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Moreover, The father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the son, that all may honor the son just as they honor the father. He who does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him. I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. I tell you the truth, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, 
So he has granted the son to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the son of man. Do not be amazed at this. For a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good will rise to live. And those who have done evil will rise to be condemned. By myself, I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just. For I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. If I testify about myself, my testimony is not valid. There is another who testifies in my favor, and I know that his testimony about me is valid. You have sent to John, and he has testified to the truth. Not that I accept human testimony, but I mention it that you may be saved. John was a lamp that burned and gave light, and you chose for a time to enjoy his light. I have testimony weightier than that of John, for the very work that the Father has given me to finish, and which I am doing, testifies that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself testified concerning me. You have never heard his voice, nor seen his form, nor does his word dwell in you, for you do not believe the one he sent. You diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. These are the scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. I do not accept praise from men, but I know you. I know that you do not have the love of God in your hearts. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not accept me but if someone else comes in his own name, you will accept him. How can you believe if you accept praise from one another, yet make no effort to obtain the praise that comes from the only God? But do not think I will accuse you before the Father. Your accuser is Moses, on whom your hopes are set. If you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But since you do not believe what he wrote, how are you going to believe what I say? Let us pray. Father God, we just thank you for your word. We ask you, Lord God, for revelation knowledge of your word. We thank you, Father God, that we will see what we have not been able to see before. And so, Father, we just thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, I would like us to focus our study on the verses 2 through 9 of John chapter 5. A great number of people who were paralyzed by life were hanging out by the pool of Bethesda. Bethesda means house of mercy. Mercy is the compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. These people were the forgotten members of society. Society had given up on these individuals and they came in search of mercy. Now, if you look up verse four in the New King James Version, it says, for an angel went down at a certain time in the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease he had. Jesus found a man who had been paralyzed for 38 years. Now the question is, how long had he been lying by the pool of Bethesda? This man had been sick for so long that he probably didn't even remember what it was like to be well. His sickness had become his new normal. He felt trapped in his own body and he felt trapped by life. And it seems like this man could not catch a good break. Each time he tried to get into the pool, when the water was stirred, someone else always got ahead of him. He probably had to fight not to become bitter because he spent years watching others receive the very thing 
that he was after. But it seems like he still had hope though, because he still believed that it was possible for him to receive his healing one day. Because for him to remain by the pool of Bethesda means that he still had hope that one day he might be the one to get into the pool first. It looked like everyone had forgotten about him because he said that he had no one to help him get into the water. Now, where are his relatives? He discovered that day that though others had forgotten about him, God had not forgotten about him. Jesus came on a divine appointment to deliver him out of his condition. This man had been stuck in this condition for 38 long years. Now think about that. Not 38 days, not 38 months, but 38 long years. And Jesus asked them an interesting question. Do you want to get well? Now, what kind of question is this? Why is Jesus asking a sick person if he wants to get well? I believe the reason why Jesus was asking him this question is because Jesus was testing his level of desperation. Had this paralyzed man become too comfortable in his condition? Now, how desperate was he to receive healing if all these years he had not managed to get into the pool of Bethesda? Was he too passive with his desire to be healed? Now, is there something that you are believing God for? How passionate are you about receiving it? How desperate are you to receive an answer? This man had valid excuses for staying in this condition, but Jesus did not validate his excuses. He told Jesus, the reason why I'm stuck in this condition is because I have no one to help me. Now, what are some of the excuses that you've been using to stay in your condition? He told Jesus, while I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Jesus empowered him to help himself. Jesus did not say, let me help you. And I believe the reason why Jesus did not say, let me help you, is because Jesus realized that for all these years, he had been relying on other people to help him get out of his condition. But Jesus wanted him to take a step of faith on his own and to stop relying on others to get out of his condition, but to put his eyes back on God. Jesus ignored the valid excuse that he had. And Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat. Now this man had to make a decision. Would he continue to stay in his condition or would he step out on faith? He decided to act on his faith and he got up. All these years, this man had faith to believe that he could be healed but he had never acted on his faith. He did not have faith enough to get up from his condition. Jesus told him to get up. Now, how do you ask a paralyzed man to get up? He did not know how to walk. His muscles probably forgot how to walk. But Jesus said it with such a level of faith that the paralyzed man believed. He did not argue about him not being able to get up or not being able to walk. He simply got up. Now, I don't know what condition you've been struggling with for a very long time, and you may have very valid reasons for being in your condition, but it is time for you to get up. Perhaps you are struggling with depression because you were molested as a child. I am so sorry that you had to go through that, but it is time for you to get up. You do not have to be identified by your past. 
it's time for you to pick up your mat, pick up your comfort, pick up your valid reasons, and get up. Unfortunately, not everyone will be happy for you when God delivers you. Instead of rejoicing with a man who was sick for 38 years, he was reprimanded by the religious people. They were more concerned about him breaking the law on the Sabbath than they were concerned about his healing. I believe sometimes we complicate healing. This man received his healing because he had faith to believe. I know that the times that I have experienced the biggest breakthroughs in my life, it was the times when I became fed up with my condition. When I said to myself, I will no longer make excuses. I will no longer stay in this condition. And I took a bold step of faith and I said, it is time for me to get up. My dear sister, it is time for you to get up. Get up from your condition. Get up from your complacency. Get up from your valid excuses. It's time for you to get up and it's time for you to move forward. Let us pray. Father, we praise you and worship you. We thank you, Lord God, for your word. Father, we ask you, Lord God, for the grace to get up out of our condition. Father God, we lay down before you all of our excuses, all of the valid reasons why we have been in this condition for so long. And Father God, we will stop putting our eyes on others, Father God, and we are putting our eyes back on you. We will no longer rely on others. We will no longer rely even on ourselves, oh God. Father, our eyes are on you because you are the one who will give us the grace and the strength to get out of our condition. And so, Father, we are marking this day that it is time for us to get up. It is time for us to move forward. And so, Father God, we promise to give you all of the praise and all of the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Ladies, thank you so much for joining me today. Remember, this is your breakout year. It is time for you to rise up. As you spend time in the Word of God, you will laugh again. You will sing again. You will dance again and your life will never be the same again. God bless you. Love you, ladies. <music>